0: This is Dental All-Stars, where we bring you the best in dentistry on marketing, management, and training. Here's your host, Alex Nottingham. Welcome to another edition of Dental All-Stars. I want to share with you an expert webinar I did with Dana Johnson titled, The Five Top Ways to Improve Cash Flow. And the snippet I want to share with you in this podcast is where Dana talks about a team approach to collections. Take a listen. Dana Johnson, just a little bit about her. She loves what she does, which is amazing. And during her career uh, of managing an amazing dental practice on the beautiful Whidbey Island in Washington State, she started training and consulting with other dental practices around the region and found that this was her life's work. Now with more than 25 years of experience in the dental industry, Dana's passion for efficient, consistent, and secure systems is grounded in personal understanding and professional expertise. With a direct, pragmatic approach, Dana helps clients develop standardized protocols for all practice management systems. Seeing a need in the dental industry for more resources, she founded Navoni, did I say that right? Even though I had Navoni. Navoni, even though I... I did the phonetics. I still got it wrong. Navoni, uh, the premier Dentrix online community in 2016, and helps cultivate Dentrix super users, superstars all over the country. Dana knows that your entire day revolves around your practice management software, and the more you learn, the more productive and stress-free your office will be. When she is not training, speaking, or writing an article, Dana enjoys spending time in the garden, golfing, and hiking in the Rocky Mountains. Dana is a total foodie, I guess you like food, and when on the road searches out local restaurants to support the local economy. So, with us, Dana, it's all you.
1: Thank you, Alex. I am excited to be here to talk about one of my favorite topics. Um, I am a total numbers girl, and when I first started working in my practice, uh, so Alex mentioned I I worked in a dental practice in um, Woodby Island, Washington, and I first started working at that practice in 1994. Oh, my gosh. That was a long time ago. And when I first started, I I applied for the position. I had worked at another practice. So um, I had a little bit of dental experience, and I came from a practice um, uh, that was close by, and uh, when I started working at my practice, it was within the first couple days of working at, this pra- at my practice, my new practice, I was brand new, and the doctor and doctor's wife were like, um, so um, the first thing we need you to work on is the accounts receivable, um, doctor hasn't had a paycheck in over four months. And I'm like... Okay, no pressure here, no pressure. Um, you know, I got to work on the accounts receivable and um, you know I when I sat down on my desk, I started going through you know the the old team members' paperwork and I found piles of claims that hadn't been sent out. There was probably thirty thousand dollars worth of claims that hadn't been sent out and um, you know it, it was there was a lot of work to do um, good thing was I had come from a practice that had really impeccable systems in place, and they were very goal oriented and and really kind of had um, built my my systems up in in a way that i I was very familiar with what to do so i I kind of you know took charge you know um, pulled up my boots and and got my feet dirty so um, today what I want to talk about is, is some things that, that I have you know kind of cultivated over the 25 years I've been in dentistry. Um, I've been a software trainer for 12 years. So a lot of what I am going to talk about today has just come from being in offices. Um, you know, I work with hundreds of offices every year and I just I learn from you and I learn your systems and I I see what you do and, and what's good and what's not good and and find ways to um, troubleshoot things that that come up in practices so everything I, I teach is um, comes from offices I work with so so let's get started with these top five tips um, so I'm going to tell you what we're going to talk about today we're going to talk about training patient behavior Collecting on the day of service, we want to involve your entire team, Uh, sending billing statements out more often, and a consistent AR management system. And so we're going to talk about all five of these things in much more detail. So first, let's talk about training patient behavior. So that all starts with the first phone call. And when patients call us for the first time, we are training their behavior, how should they treat our practice, and how we treat them and how we talk to them makes a huge difference in how they will react to our policies, our, our protocols, all those kinds of things. And so I thought it was, this was a great time for me to talk about, um, in the All-Star Dental Academy, they talk about the great phone call. And when I first was introduced to All-Star Dental Academy um, many years ago, um, this was something that really, really resonated with me. I, I totally believe in their philosophy of their, their great phone call. And, um, and so it, it really um, was relevant to my talk today because the T in the great phone call is where you take that secondary information, you talk about the insurance, et cetera. And um, and it happens at the end of the phone call. So um, if you are already, you know, clients of the uh, All-Star Dental Academy, you totally know what I'm talking about with the great phone call. If you're online today and you're not quite a a member, um, it's it's just a, a really great system. And so the first thing we wanna do with the phone call, of course, is build the relationship, things like that, and and then, but once you get to the T in the phone call, we're taking that secondary information, and so we want to be very open and transparent about our financial policy in our practice from the very first phone call. I know that there are um, consulting firms out there that say you never should talk about money. But I am with the philosophy that you will build better trust with your patients with honesty and transparency. So I think it's very important that you talk about money in the first phone call. And um, it's not that you, you know, need to collect a credit card or anything at the first phone call, but um, you want to ask some questions. You want to ask, um, you know, do you have any dental benefits that may be assisting you with your dental care? I love that question. Do you have any dental benefits that will be assisting you with your dental care? Not that we'll we'll pay for your dental care. Not that we'll cover the entire portion, but we'll be assisting you. We know with dental insurance these days that it doesn't pay 100%. We want to give the patient that perception that, oh, I might have some out-of-pocket expenses at my first visit, and I think it's important that we bring that up at the first phone call because otherwise, your patients are just going to make up their own rules. They're going to show up at their appointment without their checkbook, without their credit card, um, and so I think it's really important that it's in, that you talk about what the patient's expectations should be when they visit your office. When they're a patient of your office, I think it's important that they know what to expect from you, and um, and so. I think that uh, the great phone call is just a really great place to start, and I just I think that's just amazing that All-Star Dental Academy had that, that, pol- that uh, procedure in place. So the next item is then that kind of segues us into, we've already talked about money with our patients on the first phone call. Uh, we've set the expectations. You've set the stage. Now you've got to follow through, so when the patient comes in for treatment or comes in for their first visit, they may have some out-of-pocket expenses. And and so we want to make sure that we have estimated what their out-of-pocket will be. Hopefully uh, when you do your first phone call with the patient, with a new patient or maybe a patient of record is calling to schedule an appointment and maybe they have new benefits or maybe they've lost their benefits since the last time they've seen you, You, if, I think it's important that we estimate what their out-of-pocket expenses will be before the appointment is scheduled. Uh, I remember when I was in my practice and um, my team will laugh at me because um, my rule was they never get on the schedule without a financial arrangement. and. Um, I was not lenient about that at all. And uh, because I wasn't lenient about that, I mean, our over-the-counter day of service collections ran about 65%. And um, so we didn't have a huge accounts receivable because we collected on the day of service. It's it's extremely important that we do not um, take on the accountability of our patients' insurance But we do assist them in finding out the benefits of what's going to be possibly covered, what the estimate is going to be. And so if you can, at that first phone call, get their insurance benefits, find out who the guarantor is. If you have a system of being able to um, uh, check insurance eligibility electronically, uh, which is super fast and efficient these days, that's the the best option. Um, be prepared when the patient walks in the door. Now if it's a patient of record and you've just seen them for a recare visit and now they're being scheduled for treatment, then you also want to do your due diligence and find out what their patient's out of pocket is going to be for the for the that visit. And then I'm not against payment agreements if they fit within your financial policy. So what I don't want to see is I don't want to see those payment agreements being stored in your financial coordinator's brain, um, and that's the only place that they're stored. Uh, I think it's really important that that you use your software, your practice management software, for tracking your payment agreements. Because if you don't track your payment agreements, your payment plans with patients, then things are going to fall through the cracks, patients are going to lose track of of when their payment is due, and then you're going to have to start tracking people down on the phone. So I'm not totally against payment arrangements, um, but I think it's important that you make sure that you track them, and then I'm a huge advocate of storing credit cards on file. So depending on your practice management software, I think it's uh, uh, valid to find out are you able to store credit cards? And I have in parentheses there, legally. And because I go into offices all the time, uh, like Alex mentioned, I'm a certified Dentrix trainer, and so I'm in offices all the time doing training, and I find that patient that offices are storing credit cards in their software or in a way in a book or in a three-ring binder or something and just leaving it out or leaving it in a drawer or... Um, storing credit cards in a way that doesn't meet the payment card industry standards or requirements. And you could really be in a lot of trouble if you're storing a credit card um, in an unauthorized way. So make sure that when you do store credit cards that it's legal. Um, And uh, so check out what your practice management software can do for you. And then with your payment agreements, Have your patients authorize you to run their credit card um, through on a certain day of the month. And then you don't even have to call the patient. You don't have to track them down. You've got that credit card stored for the payment agreement. And there's just, it's so easy. It just makes it, it just streamlines the process for you. And then make sure that you're offering third-party financing. Um, Now, when we talk about collections on the day of service, We know for a fact that our money is worth more today than it is 30 days or 60 days or 90 days from now. And so I did a little bit of research. Um, I looked up on the um, collection agency website and did a little bit of research on a couple different sites. And they all seem to be in agreement about kind of how your money decreases over time. even after thirty days, just thirty days after treatment or after you have posted the charge your your collection uh, for that money is down to about ninety percent after ninety days if you're if you haven't collected the money after ninety days, the amount that money is worth is about fifty percent that's crazy and so. We want to make sure that we are collecting money as soon as possible. And offering third-party financing is a really great way to do that. I know that I hear from, you know, doctors and other offices that say, gosh, the merchant fee is so high or, you know, we don't want to do third-party financing because, um, you know, just the fees are too high. And I'm like, I'm telling you that using third-party financing is a better option than if your accounts go over 90 days past due. So the money is still worth more to you today using third-party financing than it would be 60 or 90 days from now. So put some of these things in place. Um, When you get back to your office uh, tomorrow, check and see how you can store credit cards um, and see how you can set up your payment agreements um, in in your practice management software. Because when you store things in your practice management software, then you are able to inform your entire team about what is the financial arrangement for this patient or for this treatment. It's important that we involve our entire team because collections is a team effort. Everybody on the team should be not only allowed to collect money, but they should be taught how to collect money. So first thing is communicate with your team of where the financial arrangement is so that your team, your assistants, your dental assistants, your doctors know where to find the financial arrangement. So, It could be scanned into your computer. It could be in a consent form, in your treatment plan system. Um, Maybe if you're still using paper charts, it's in the back of the chart. So the entire team should know where the financial arrangement is and everybody on the team should know what is due today. Okay? So somewhere in your office uh, daily protocol, maybe during your morning huddle, or maybe if you use some kind of a route slip or a visit form that you have on the um, um, communication page, is what's due today. So that when the patient is being uh, dismissed or checked out, uh, everyone on the team knows how to ask for money, and they know exactly what to ask for. and it's important that you know the, what we just talked about is is having a financial arrangement before the patient even steps foot in your in your treatment room, but then you have to follow through and actually ask i have I have been in hundreds of offices um, just observing the team, and I am amazed. Uh, how many patients walk out the door without the team members even asking for money, and I know the patient has out-of-pocket um, expenses, and, you know, and so a lot of times the most common verbiage is, oh, we'll just send you a bill, or oh, Sally's not at the front desk right now, so she'll just call you and get your, get your payment over the phone. Okay, so now Sally has to track the patient down and collect the money when I feel that every team member on the team should be able to collect money, even the doctor. I mean, let's teach your doctor how to use the credit card machine. Uh, let's, t- let's have a team meeting. Let's have a lunch and learn on how to use the credit card machine. Let's do a, tr- a training with our third-party financing company. Have them come in and bring you lunch and teach you how to use their their online portal and how to, how to run a transaction through. So teach your team how to collect money. I really feel strongly that everybody on the team should be able to collect money. And then have a policy for the exceptions. Now we all know that patients will walk out the door without paying for their treatment. Um, you know, things come up, they rushed out of the house. Their husband has the credit card. You know, whatever their story might be, um, you, need accept, you, know, you need to have an exception. You know, need to have an exception rule. Um, how do you communicate with your financial coordinator or somebody on the team about? Oh my gosh, you know, Mrs. Jones, she didn't, didn't, we didn't collect from her today, and here's why. So, does your office um, hand the patient a self-addressed stamped envelope? so that they could mail a check-in? Um, do you uh, let them know that your financial coordinator, Sally, will give, the, give them a call this afternoon and do a credit card over the phone? What's your policy for those exceptions, those patients that walk out the door without making their copay today? And then um, it's important that you make notes somewhere. So have a spot in your practice management software so that you can communicate that information to your financial coordinator. So then when they start working the accounts receivable, they know exactly what happened that day and why the patient walked out without paying.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Dental All-Stars. Visit us online at allstardentalacademy.com.